Welcome to Season 5 of Coffee with Dr. Stewart. This show will provide our listeners with up-to-date medical information from a leading neurotologist and genomic specialist. I invite you to sit back, grab your favorite beverage or cup of coffee, and let's have Coffee with Dr. Stewart. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to a special episode of Coffee with Dr. Stewart. I am your host, Kara Stewart-Mullins. And the man of the half hour. Hi, Dr. Stewart. Hi, Kara. How, How are you doing? Great. Thank you. It's Friday. Are you happy? Oh, yeah. Always. I'm, oh. Going, I'm going to Florida. Tomorrow, nice. So. Very nice. <laughs> going to well, lay on the beach. <laughs> I know I'm not a tanner. You better wear sunscreen. I'm going to. 50 for me. <laughs> well, you know what? This is a provider podcast, and I'm, I'm sure consumers could listen to it. Patients could listen to it as well. But getting lots of questions on the in the second um line under the foundation that we talked about on the last podcast, the Foundation Methylation Wellness Panel. Today, we're going to talk about the Immune Autoimmune Inflammatory Panel. It's a big panel. It's got 30 gene variants on it, Mm -hmm. Um, lots of life recommendations, lots of laboratory recommendations, lots of nutrient therapeutic recommendations. So we're just going to walk through it. And first, let's start out like um, why you named it Immune Autoimmune Inflammatory. Well, remember the the hardest part of dealing with the 55 as we had it before was that taking the individual patient, depending on what issue they had, Mm -hmm. and trying to pull out exactly what you needed. So the whole concept of breaking these down into simpler, more targeted panels is to apply it specifically to the patient and have them understand easily and have have the provider understand easily. More of an okay. isolated panel. Right. So if you have somebody comes in with an, with an immune disorder or an autoimmune disease, this is the panel for them. Okay. Um, you can throw inflammation in there, but if you have things like chronic pain, all these, all these, um, you know, all these panels um, have inflammation involved in them for of the course, most part. Of course, yeah. Okay? But this one's really targeted at autoimmune and immune-based diseases. Which is huge in the right. U.S. So, you know, what you really want, what we're trying to do is get a good handle on how did the patient get here, why the heck did they get here, mm-hmm. and how do we then get them out of the hole? Because that's all they're coming to you for. And, you know, I always tell patients, they say, I, I was told I had lupus or another doctor told me I had this. I said, I really don't care what you have. You didn't come to me to tell me. Well, they feel terrible. So right. That's... Well, the thing is you didn't come to me to tell tell you what you have. You came to me to, to, get to well. tell you how to get well. Right. And so really, you know, it's really true in neurological disease, which we'll talk about later. But, you know, doctors, if you go see 10 neurologists, they're going to give you 10 different answers. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same in, in, in autoimmune. But, you know, doctors, they do a lot of blood tests and they come up with their best idea. But a lot of times you'll get this nebulous, nebulous thing like you'll get an anonuclear antibody that's positive, but there's no other things positive. So you know there's an immune thing going on, but you don't know what it is. And right. It starts freaking everybody out. Well, the answer is let's get rid of it. <laughs> let's, let's help the body. Okay. And so that's what this is all about. Let's target the system. Let's do it with some semblance of science. Let's know what we're talking about and let's, let's learn as we go, okay. obviously, because it's going to educate both uh, – the providers, it's going to educate us as a company from GX Sciences because we're going to be able to, to correlate this information and come up with better answers. Well, then let's start with, with looking at the panel directly. So okay, let's sure. start with the first category. Okay. So the first category is inflammation cellular. Now, the reason I call it inflammation cellular is because these are inherent processes that go on at the cellular level, which in, includes um, innate immune system markers, uh, interleukin markers, um, receptors for interleukins, and those types of things, which 
can be screwed up, either be more aggressive or less aggressive. It includes the off switches for the immune system. And mm-hmm. so what you're really looking at is why is the cell overreacting, which it typically does? Is it this has a problem with reacting too aggressively? Does it have a problem with not being shut off as as effectively? Uh-huh. Where, where Where is the problem and how do we need to target it? You know, okay. you talk about – so people that don't get to your workshops or haven't heard you yet – the on and off switches that you're talking about. Explain sure. those. With That's this just point. how I talk to patients about it. You know, I talk to patients, um, people of certain descent patterns. You know, certainly we're in Texas, so we see a lot of Anglos and Latinos, mm-hmm. okay? And so Anglos and Latinos, when we look at their immune systems as a general rule, um, they tend to be a little bit more aggressive up front, which means that they don't subtly turn on, they tend to explode on. And so what I tell the patients is, hey, you don't get a mosquito bite, little bitty. You get right. a big old honker mosquito bite. Right. And un- unfortunately, uh, fortunate maybe, I don't know what God intended here. I happen to think that, you know, that explosive um, kind of inflammatory aggression probably came from uh, selection from the European uh, descent patterns because of the plagues. Okay. Meaning our ancestors who essentially survived the plagues were not necessarily lucky. They were people who could develop inflammation that is really Very exceptional. Easily. So in my in my situation, no matter if you come in healthier or unhealthy, when we look at the inflammatory on switches, quote unquote, they are typically mutated and aggressive in about 80% of people. Now, we, are the on switches in this first category? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so the C3 and CD14, those are innate immune system on switches. That's the immune system you're you're essentially born with. Okay. Really, really, really hypersensitive to things like yeast and mold. And so you literally will pop out of your mama and you're ready to fight certain infections with the innate immune system. And then as we go down to the interleukin-5, the interleukin-6, the interleukin-13, uh, mm-hmm. we're looking at more um, modulation of kind of the allergic inflammatory response system. External or? No, not in- necessarily. This is internal, how do the cells work. Okay. Now, we'll look at external later in the panel. All but right. this is internal. Why is, is this cell programmed to be normal? Is it programmed to be much more aggressive than normal is a program to be less than normal. Because it has okay? a genetic because SNP. Because it has a genetic SNP, okay? And then we have the STAT4, the tumor necrosis factors, um, the CTLA4s. These are kind of a mixture of on and off switches, but basically they kind of define the aggression of the system. Oh. Order. So if we have mutations here, we typically have people who turn on their immune system so aggressively that nothing can shut it off. Really? And so those, that's how you get into immunity and autoimmunity. And that's the, the challenging thing. Right, and I'm not a, you know, if you've been around me enough, you know I'm not a huge believer in autoimmunity. Right. I think the immune system is smart enough to attack things that we don't recognize yet. Mm-hmm. And so when we see autoimmune markers, when we call it autoimmunity, there's some virus or something that is carried in some DNA that has made an abnormal surface marker. And so the immune system is actually doing what it's supposed to do. But it just can't turn off. It just can't turn off. And so if it never turns off, you never pass the first step of healing, which is inflammation control. Got it. And so you really feel sick every day. Mm-hmm. Welcome to autoimmune disease. And with those, that's fibromyalgia. That's, I mean, the no, whole Fibromyalgia list. would be more in the neuroinflammatory. Ah, okay. We're talking about lupus. We're talking about rheumatoid arthritis. We're Arthritis. talking about Hashimoto's. We're talking about all the autoimmune type based disease, Sjogren's syndrome, dry eye syndrome. Okay. I can just keep going down the Yeah, list. I know you can. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
And then we have the kind of the newer genes. We have the TRAF1, the SOCS, the interleukin-23 receptor, the interleukin-2 receptor. And these basically are receptors. Um, they basically define how sensitive the cell is to the interleukin or the chemical messenger that's talking to it. And we know that these are associated with some some diseases. Uh, in fact, the pseudoscience that the, um, the medical um, – drug companies, for instance, put out is they love to correlate one gene to one disease. Right. You know, so they'll say, oh, look, um, I don't know, interleukin-5 is correlated to irritable bowel syndrome. Is and, it? Well, the answer is yeah, but it's not the, the point. Correlation is not cause and effect. Okay. Do you understand? And this is the car, you know, the car analogy I use. Right. You know? So basically every car wreck I've ever seen yeah. um, has tires at the scene. So tires correlate to car wrecks, okay? <laughs> so if you're stupid, and there's a lot of stupid science out there, and I hate to say it, but you would say that if we could build cars without tires, then we wouldn't have any more car wrecks. Right. Okay? And that sounds kind of silly, but I tell this to patients all the time. I use analogies so that they can understand, and they always chuckle when I say that. So with know. the interleukin-5, that's just one piece of it. It's just one piece of it. It's just an aggression, and so what's happening is – uh, there are lots of pieces here. What we're trying to do is kind of correlate the number of abnormalities. So if we have four or five mutations in these set of genes, you're going to have a very aggressive immune system right. and you're going to get into trouble. So we've got to go and help you turn off these immune cells. Okay. Does that then we'll do it as naturally as we can. Sometimes we use certain medications, but you know, we're going to use things like uh, CBD oil. We're going to use things like um, PEA. We're going to use things that – you know, you can use fish oils. You can use all kinds of things to try to do it naturally. And some people even need it um, to do it um, medication-wise. But the neat thing about this, too, is if you ever, uh, let's say, go to a rheumatologist and things are just flaring and it's just out of control. Changing prescriptions. We can, we can look at these sets of genes and we can decide which medication would be appropriate for you. Okay. That's great to know because okay. – yeah, the and then the lifestyle recommendations along with the lab recommendations on the report. That's right. So, you know, you'll see things like in some of them, if you have a stat for, you know, what happens in, in autoimmunity that's really bad is they just love to put people on Humira to start with usually. Mm -hmm. And Humira is a tumor necrosis, an anti-tumor necrosis factor uh, biologic. It's an antibody that blocks tumor necrosis factor. But if you don't have a tumor necrosis factor mutation here, Humira is probably not going to work for you. Right, right. You understand? So essentially, um, we're trying to answer a lot of questions here. Now, obviously, I don't like anybody to have to take a drug if they don't have to. Mm -hmm. you know. And, and most people who see me don't want to take drugs or they're on them and want to get off of them. Um, um, sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Uh, you, you, you have to feel it out, but we have to have information to know. Right. Okay, so this is all about scientifically validated information and correlating the the process that the patient is having to something that is easy to or is able to I wouldn't say easy because nothing in genetics is easy but <laughs> being able to correlate it uh, genetically to the problem for the patient and, and give you an answer of how to help them okay yeah well let's go to the next category okay so the next category is autophagy autophagy you love it well, and autophagy is a big deal, and you know, I mean, bigger than anybody realized. Oh yeah, well, it's it's going to be huge. 
Um, I think it's certainly as big as methylation, but it's just another of these biochemical mechanisms that we just weren't aware of for a long time. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden we're aware of it and it's everywhere. Right. So autophagy really relates to cells that um, are overworked. And so when you have an autoimmune or immune-based disease and, um, you know, this can even be horrible chronic allergies. You okay. Understand? So That's if you have a, yeah. horrible chronic allergies, this is the, this is the uh, panel for you. So, really? So like someone mm-hmm. that's that yeah, during chronic, this time of year is just their nose is Right, is chronic terrible. sinusitis, chronic allergies. Yeah. That's why it's immune and not just autoimmune. So this would be an appropriate panel Absolutely. for them. Okay. So autophagy, the problem with uh, people with over-aggressive immune systems is their, their cells go into hyperactive mode. Mm-hmm. They never rest. They're always going off. And remember, autophagy is the way that cells clean themselves internally of the debris that accumulates. But if the cell is, that only happens when the cell is at rest. And so, first of all, these people's cells are not at rest. Mm -hmm. They're always going hard, which means they're making lots of garbage. And we uh, have to decide whether um, we need to help this autophagy problem. So if they have cells that are going hard and then they have weakness in autophagy, the chance of them developing into some kind of subsequent serious disease, right? you know, like aggressive lupus, aggressive granulomatous disease, I can just keep going down the list. Right. We have to know whether um, um, whether we need to help them or not. Well, you know, we have an autophagy panel that has sure. just autophagy genes on it, right. but why did you choose to put it on the immune? Well, these are the ones that are applicable to immune. Okay. So there are applicable ones for neuropsych. There's applicable ones for immune. Interesting. Do you understand? Yep. So each of them are, are specifically different. So when we get to neuropsych, we'll talk about the Parkinson's autophagy okay. genes. They're not on here. Got it. You don't need to know those. Okay. Good to know. So what happens is we, we really need to know, do we need to help these cells? Because remember, the, the high energy cells of the body are the brain, the immune system, and the endocrine systems. And so if you really stop to think about it in most situations and just even in family practice, you're going to see 80% of your patients are going to be, who are sick, are going to be involving those three systems. Okay. I've got a hormonal abnormality. Right. Okay. Or I've got an immune abnormality or I've got a nervous system abnormality. Okay. Now, with the exception of breaking bones and doing all that in family practice this is what you're going to see. Right. So mostly people see a lot of this. So this applies to those that group of patients and remember what we're talking about here is supplementation. Do we need NAS enhancer? Do we need uh D-chiro inositol and metabolic stabilizer? What you know, these are natural ways to help it and if we're really in trouble we go to prescription medicines if we need them. Okay. Okay. Um so you've got the ATG5 Yep, the ATG5 and the ATG16L1. These are two versions. They work together. And what they do is um, when a cell goes to rest um, and the mTOR, which is the target of rapamycin, gets turned down, that's the speedometer. When it gets turned down, then you form a pocket. It's called an autophagosome. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so people who have, um, so ATG12, 5, and 16 tend to work together to form the, the pocket. So if you're not, if those proteins don't work very well, they don't form the pocket very efficiently. Right. And therefore you can't clean your cell very well. Ah. Uh, Makes sense? Yep. Yeah. So those are very important. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's continue on to the next section, inflammation okay. environmental. And this is what, you know, this is what you can do very quickly to help yourself. 
Oh, you mean to turn things around? Yeah, because you know area? your cells. If your cells are hyperactive, uh, there's got to be always something driving them. So these are okay. the external. These are the external things. So that obviously, cause inflammation. You can see the AOC one up there, which is the diamine right. oxidase gene, and or histamine. Right, and then you see the HNMT. That's histamine and methyltransferase. And there are two mutations there. And so if you see somebody who has mutations in both of those, mm-hmm. you're really going to be dealing with somebody who can't break down histamine very well. And they tend to, when it gets really bad, they get into mast cell disorder right. and, and chronic inflammation of the gut and chronic inflammation everywhere in the body because foods contain histamines. Right. And so being able to recognize whether you are able to handle histamines or not and modify your diet to a low histamine diet mm-hmm. is very important. Now, a low histamine diet... Sucks. I mean, no, it's, it's not that. It's 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 bad. It's not as bad as some diets out well, there. But the is it's you not have to take bad, away a lot of things. Here's what happens: uh, a lot of the things you think are healthy for you contain histamines. Right. So vegetables and well, certain types of certain <laughs> vegetables, um, fermented beverages, certain right. probiotics. You know, yeah. so you got to be really careful with this kind of stuff. Yeah, so, we have we have a low histamine diet on our website. If anybody right. needs to see that. And then we got the FUT2, that's the fucosal transferase. and Probiotics, right. if you need them or not. That's correct. And then we got the NOS2, which has to do with the inherent ability of the immune system to respond appropriately. Um, making nitric oxide can be really difficult, so that's kind mm-hmm. of a holy grail thing. But we, we like Immune Restore, which is, has beta-glucans, and it's another indicator if you need probiotics to help you. And, and explain that with the immune restore. The immune restore is I got tired of trying to grow probiotics in people's guts. And so, was it because they had a FUT2 yeah. mutation? Mm-hmm. And so basically I just decided to take the, the beta-glucans from not only from uh, mushroom sources but other sources and basically put them into a capsule with a little Turkey as- tail. asparagus and yeah. all that type of stuff. And when we put it all together, it, it helps the immune system kind of modulate itself really nice. And that helps with the probiotics? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then we got the DQA1 and DQA2. And, you know, some people want the DQA8. Um, you know, listen, <clears throat> if any one of these become double positive or both of them are, are heterozygous, then you're going to have some gluten sensitivity at least. Now, these are truly celiac markers, which mm-hmm. means when you've got a, when you got a homozygous to either one of these, you've got a higher risk of celiac. And, and really, you have a higher risk of a lot of food antigenicity. And so, you know, you just basically want to know whether you need to counsel your patient to really start to avoid gluten before they get into big trouble. Right. Or they already are aware because their stomach hurts all the right. time, right? But a lot of them are not. And <laughs> oh, do, when they see this, do they finally go, oh, well, I guess I do need to stay away from no, gluten. No, they usually go, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. You know? But I bet okay. the parents are relieved because you've well, listened sure. to them their whole life. Yeah, they, I, my the stomach parents are hurts. relieved. Uh, the wives are relieved, and usually the wives hit the husband because it's the husband. That <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> and then we got the DRB, um, the HLA DRB one, the DRB and two. one and two, and the DRB one and two really have to do with sensitivity to external molds, mold okay. sources, candida. Um, really, just a aggressive form of the major histocompatibility antigen that that kind of turns up the immune system. So those people really have to be careful of mold sensitivity. Um, issues, um, right? You know, for those people who have this mutation, mold in the house is, and you have horrendous. fungus, you have, you yeah. know, um, would that include also like perfumes and things like that? No, would that's it? that's typically a different gene. That's the Nat two. Which, okay, 
which is in the detox. So we're talking about people that really like with when it rains and well, stuff that really affects what will happen. them. So you'll have you'll have uh, let's say mold growing in the house, and two of the people are super sick, and right. the, you know two two or three of the other people are not that sick at all, and it's like. What's Why? wrong with you? you know? <laughs> you know, right. Husband's like, what's wrong with you? Uh-huh. You know, I don't feel bad at all. And so when you show them this and you make them realize that that, that person is really sicker than you are because of the, yeah. the system, it does open their eyes pretty Boy, quickly. this gives it validity to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It really does. Right. So, and then you have your recommendations for those, your laboratory recommendations. And then we get into the, the last four. Yeah, the last four. Out of um, 30. I threw in the, the detoxification genes because if you um, remember that glutathione um, is a major anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. It's not only a chemical cleanser, but it's actually a redundant system of inflammation control. And the ones that I put in here were the production of glutathione, which is CTHAHCY, um, but it also has the GSTP1 and the M1 because the M1 handles joints typically in cancer risk. Okay. And the P1 handles skin, lungs, sinuses, bowel, wow. bladder. You understand? And so in many of these things, so for instance, uh, interstitial cystitis. What is that? Okay, that's uh, where your bladder hurts all the time. You feel like you got a UTI nonstop. Uh. You can't find anything. They would need an immune panel, but this is very important because if they had a GSTP1 mutation, mm-hmm. we could probably help those people tremendously if we just gave them some glutathione. Really? Okay. okay. Do you understand? So yeah. we're trying to um, bring in as many things as we can to make um, make a clear-cut, um, highly successful um, plan for that patient. Yeah, I feel like you've... You know, you have the immune panel, which would make sense, and then you've dropped in little sections, a few genes here and there that may not normally fit in an immune panel, but makes sense to be in there, like you just said. Everything you know. here is about treatment. Okay. Validity for why they got there and about treatment. Remember, the whole purpose of nutrigenomics, exome sequencing, which is that big, we check all of your genes right. for all the... The terrible diseases that we can't do anything about. That we don't know if they're you know, on or off. I can't off. stand that. It I know. Me insane. <laughs> okay? Pharmacogenetics and nutrigenomics are things that we either avoid or we actually do something in order to help us process the, right. the problem or overcome the problem. And so that's where genetics has got its power because it, it leads you to an answer. Well, the question I get, you know, since we've brought out these panels is, you know, for the immune panel, give us a, a a case study or it maybe explain some of the the conditions that maybe a family practice doctor would see when this panel would be appropriate. Maybe a nutritionist would see when this panel would be appropriate. Well, Different just types like of I said, I, mean, I can tell you a family practice doctor sees so much chronic chronic sinusitis and and right. chronic allergies that'll drive you it'll drive you crazy. I mean, so this panel would probably be on, very here's, popular. Here's your antihistamine. Here's your nasal spray. You know, I'm ear, nose, and throat. Right. Part, so. Here's your nasal spray, and um, oh, guess what? We'll f- refer you out for, you know, allergy testing and desensitization. Well, there are some people who have some of these panels that that doesn't work. Right, I, I hear a that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, what we want to do in that situation, and this is actually what I used to do in my practice before I before I'd ever allergy test them, I would actually fix or help adjust the immune system mm-hmm. so that I really find the true allergens. Way back in the day. <laughs> way back in the day, way before this stuff was Right. Available. But the long and the short of it is we want to we want to help 
everybody improves. So this is for all autoimmune diseases that you can think about. Mm-hmm. All chronic inflammatory diseases, with the exception of chronic pain. Like okay. fibromyalgia goes into the chronic pain right. panel. Because there's going to be other markers that involve the nervous system. But the stomach here as well? Well, With yeah. the HLA, DQA1 and 2? Yeah, well, that's the stomach, unfortunately, is the biggest source of exposure for us. Right. Because what you're putting in And if it in hurts, mouth, everything feels, it's not a good day. Well, it's just a terrible thing. So this is all about um, trying to target um, the genetic source. panels, make it understandable, simplified enough, but complex enough to where we can make an impact on the disease. All right. Well, if you have further questions, please visit our site at www.gxsciences.com or you can give us a call, 844-258-5564. Dr. Stewart, I appreciate your time and your wisdom and I hope everybody has a blessed and beautiful day. This show is intended for general information and entertainment purposes only. Dr. Stewart serves as the chief science officer and lead formulator for neurobiologics and advises you to consult with your own medical professional on any information given during this programming. This information is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease or medical condition. 